0: Well, welcome to New Hope Church. I didn't even know why I told you that, but welcome. Happy New Year, everyone. This is a good start to a new year. 2018 is here already, and it is a great day. I'm so thankful that we get to start off the year like this. In fact, when you came in, you were given a bulletin, and you can see that we're in a series called Forward Together. And the reason why it's Forward Together is because sometimes we think we can go at life alone. We think we got this, we can do it. I don't need anybody else. And sometimes we even say, I don't even need God. But the problem with that is God will respect your decision. He will. But He will never stop loving you. Although He respects your decision to reject Him, He will never stop loving you. Because He's our Heavenly Father. So we're going to go through a 10-week series on Forward Together. And today we're going to talk about three simple words. Come, follow me. And those words were said by Jesus Christ when he was choosing his disciples. And even further than that, he was letting people know that there is a vision for your life that I see, but the only way that vision comes to pass is if you follow me. Now, it may seem like, what do you mean follow you? Why would we have to follow Jesus in order for my life to be at its fullest potential? What does that have to do with anything? I don't want religion to guide me. That's the whole point. Jesus is not about religion. He's about a relationship. He wants to be in a relationship with us because he knows the way. He knows how we work best. He knows how we're created, so he knows what n- is needed in our life. And sometimes we listen to his instructions and then we, or, or we disobey his instructions, and, and we find ourselves back at the same place wondering the same things, searching for the same things. The way we do what we call church is the Bible says to gather together and don't give up this habit of meeting together. So maybe you put together a resolution and you said, Lord, I am going to go to church every Sunday this year. If that's your resolution, great. Partner up with the Lord and he'll strengthen you for that. At the same time, at this church, what we have is elders. Our elders pray over the spiritual health of the church. Now, we have uh, some elders that I'm going to introduce you to for this next season. And then we had our former elders, Dr. Robin Takahashi, Dr. Kyle Chalk, and uh, Doris Aoki, in whom we just celebrated her 100th birthday last month. And so we're we're entering into this new season. And so uh, God just spoke to my heart and says, let's bring in some new elders for this next season and still honor our uh, former elders so when you see dr robin or dr kyle usually dr kyle is in the parking lot uh, he's the he's a kind looking man welcoming you in and uh, dr robin is probably serving somewhere and then doris Aoki usually comes either this service or the next service so when you see them just uh, tell them thank you for serving and then i want to introduce you to our new elders and we're going to do it via video and then i'll bring them up and we're going to pray over them so let's take a look Aloha,
1: my name is Obed Kipili, and this is my beautiful wife, Christina. We've been married for almost 47 years, and we've been in this church, New Hope Church, for from the beginning.
0: (laughs) Yes, a long time.
1: A long time, yes.
0: Did you say we have three children?
1: We we had.
0: Yes, three children and eight grandchildren, and we love serving here and watching NOT ONLY OUR CHILDREN, BUT OUR GRANDCHILDREN GROW UP HERE. AND WE HAVE BEEN INVOLVED IN MANY DIFFERENT MINISTRIES, BUT PRESENTLY THE PRAYER MINISTRY, uh, MEN'S MINISTRY AND WOMEN'S MINISTRY IN THE SATURDAY MORNING GROUP. AND WE LOVE SERVING AND HOPE TO CONTINUE SERVING THE REST OF OUR LIVES BECAUSE WE LOVE THE LORD.
1: AMEN. HI, MY NAME IS MELBA Kyocho. I'VE BEEN COMING TO THIS CHURCH since my son was a junior in high school, it's a long time. I'm married to my best friend, Daryl, for 41 years, and I started serving in the youth ministry with the teenage kids and moved on to the front lines where I do service coordinating and I also take pictures around the church, having a good time doing that. Hi, my name is Roxanne Rodriguez and I've been coming to New Hope for quite a while. I believe when Pastor Wayne was here, we started and I was invited, and I so appreciate belonging to this church and the fellowship that we get from here. I also, um, I have a husband, his name is Tony, he's a plumbing contractor, and I have um, a stepson and a son. They're all adults, but they're still children to me. Right now, I currently serve uh, in the prayer ministry, and that's where my passion is. I enjoy praying and interceding for the needs of the church and the pastors and the leadership, and that's where really my heart is. I do also enjoy getting involved with women's ministry when they need help at Mother's Day, bake sales, do the co- chocolate covered strawberries, and things like that. And I also um, enjoy. I'm not great, but I love cooking, so I do some um, menus for, and food, and deliver to several of the elderly who are kind of shut in, um, and who are challenged with caring for their uh, other half. So I try to ease the load by that, and God has so graciously blessed me and, uh, with the ability of the provisions for that, because people will bring uh, fruit or give me a case of rice and then I know I'm not feeding the 5,000 but I feel like God has placed it on my heart to fill a need and to just assist where I can and use my gifts because I remember his scripture so well that if God gave us a talent and we don't use it then he takes it away and I never want that to happen. So um, I thank you for allowing me to be part of this church and um, I love this church, I love our
0: pastors and I love the people. So thank you, and be blessed. So we're going to pray over our elders. Welcome with me, Chris and Obe Kipali, Roxanne Rodriguez, and Anthony Melba Kiyocho. And their role is to watch over the spiritual health of the church. So to make sure that we're preaching the Bible, to make sure everything is accurate, to make sure Heidi and I are doing well health-wise, spiritually, uh, as well as uh, in our relationship together. So they will always check up and make sure that Heidi's well-behaved, you know, things like that, you know, stuff like that, which is so true. She's always well-behaved, and, but it's, it's just a time for us. Uh, I'm so excited because anytime God does something like this, then it's that season that's coming in that he's going to continue to pour out his blessing. And so I'm going to ask if you'd stretch your hand forward, and we're going to pray over our elders this morning, and I have anointing oil. So, Lord, we just thank you. For these here, we pray over Obed and Chris. We pray that they would be utilized by you in such a way that their anointing, the gifting that you have given to them would be used to glorify you. We pray for Roxanne and her husband, Tony, Lord, in this new season, that you would use them in such a way that people would find you. Thank you for their hearts and serving you, their dedication and their love for people and for you. We pray for Melba and Daryl Kyocho. We pray that the life that you have given to them would excel even more, that they would improve even more because of who you are so that people can find you. And I thank you for their friendship. I thank you for their leadership. And most of all, we thank you for your spirit because this is the way you biblically set up your church. We pray this in Jesus' name and we all said together, amen. Amen. Can we welcome our new elders? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, Auntie Melba. Thank you. So when I let me just explain the anointing oil real quick. Uh, when they would anoint the utensils in the worship to God, that word anoint meant to consecrate or to set apart. So whenever we anoint something or someone with oil, basically what we're saying is we're setting them apart to be used by God. So it's, it's always worship to God, uh, with, with things like that and are praying uh, in this kind of way. So thank you for doing that. And, and uh, once again, we're so excited for this new season and this new year. We're going to be talking about Jesus when he said, come follow me. And, and just a way to illustrate how sometimes receiving instructions from Jesus can be difficult. He's not really looking at the end result per se. He's He's looking at our obedience at the moment. So to illustrate that, I'm going to call up Pastor Tom, Pastor Marsha to come up, and I'm going to do an exercise with them, and hopefully you can get this because it's very simple, very simple. So would you welcome up Pastor Marsha, Pastor Tom, and uh, they're going to help us with this understanding. You, are you ready? Now, this is not a competition. We're staff, and you got to be obedient? Yes, you got to be obedient. Okay, so I'm, I'll stand right here. That way I can kind of watch you guys. So basically what they're going to do is draw what I say. Now, if you want to participate, you can. Take out a pen and a paper, and I'm going to give four instructions. And let's see if we can draw what I'm asking. Don't look. Okay, very simple, okay? We should have music. Can we get music or something? Maybe somebody can jump on the... I would jump on the keyboard, but it would sound horrible. Okay, so it's very simple. So listen to my instruction. You're going to draw an oval, an oval, kind of a sideways oval, and you don't want it to make it like a pointed sideways oval. You want the sides of the oval to be kind of round, but not as round as a circle would be, almost a straight round. Okay, that's the first one. The second one is you're going to draw two tiny little, well, not tiny, a good-sized dot, a little circle, two of them, in this oval that you drew, kind of on the upper half, and s- kind of spread apart to where it's almost not necessarily touching the other lines of the edges, but close enough. So two small circles, yeah, and what you're going to want to do is color them in. Okay? Okay. And hopefully you're following along there in the audience, and we'll see how you do, (laughs) okay? And then what you're going to do is connect those two lines with a thin line from one point to the other, and you kind of want to make it a little curved, not straight. (laughs) Okay, okay, so how did you do? Wow, that's so good, got eyelashes and all. Okay, this is what it should look like. Let's take a look. Okay, who is that? Baymax. Baymax. That's good. That's, that's like Betamax. <laughs> and that's not bad. They did pretty good. Any of you got close to Baymax? Any of you got, you're looking at your picture? How many of you guys look like, on, it looks like a bowling ball? Like you drew a bowling ball. Yeah, not bad. But can we thank Pastor Tom, Pastor Marshall? Well done. <laughs> not bad. It's pretty good. That's Baymax, this is Baymaxette. So that works too. But what is interesting is when you're following directions, sometimes you'll go ahead. Sometimes you'll wait for all the directions. Sometimes you'll do something, and it may not look like the end result, may not look like the picture. But when it comes to following Jesus, he is never concerned about what this looks like. His main concern is simply if we love him. Because if it was perfection that Jesus was after, none of us qualify. But what he was after was a relationship. So he's not concerned about what the picture looks like. We're concerned about the picture. We're the ones that are going to look at our picture and say, oh, I could have done this. You should have said this. How come you didn't explain it like this? We can do that if we're looking at the picture. And sometimes that happens with our life. We look at our life and we're saying, but how come this isn't working? Why isn't this like this? If God says he loves me, then why isn't this happening? And so we look at what we're, where we are right now, and then we, we judge everything based on where we are today rather than who God is and who he's making us to be. If you want a perfect picture then get into a perfect relationship with the Lord. And the reason why I say a perfect relationship is it's not because we're going to be perfect, but he created this relationship to work perfect. In other words, the relationship that you and I develop with Jesus stays strong, not necessarily because of us, but because of him. Oh, we'll have our mistakes, we'll have some flaws, we'll even add in some eyelashes when we weren't told to add in some eyelashes. We're going to disobey, but sometimes we don't necessarily disobey, we just try to make our life look better. But then in the end, Jesus still loves us. So when he said to come follow me, what he wasn't saying is, only if you do things correctly. He just said simply, come follow me. In the book of Matthew, chapter 4, we're going to read just a passage of what took place when Jesus was calling his first disciples. Matthew chapter 4, I'll read from verses 18 through 22. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, your Bible app, the notes that you got when you came in. And when Jesus calls his disciples, it's, it's interesting when he calls his disciples. In verse 18, Matthew chapter 4, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishers, uh, fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. In other words, Jesus spoke to them in a way that they could understand. He spoke to them with an analogy that they understood. They were professional fishermen. That's what they did for a trade. So when Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men, they could understand that. Did they know how to yet? Absolutely not. Their drawing never looked anywhere near to where their life was some years later three years later so they were in the process of learning in verse 21 it says going on from there jesus saw two other brothers james son of zebedee and his brother john they were in a boat with their father zebedee preparing their nets jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him now it seems like wow these guys are so courageous and risk takers they left their nets and they followed jesus well these other guys, they, they not only left their nets, but they left their father too. So they left their father. Have you ever, ever left your father while you're working with him? Let's just say you're working on a car and you're the guy passing the tools. And he says, hey, boy, pass me on 916. And then you just leave. You're not going to go too far until you're going to feel something at the back of your head. So they <laughs> left everything and followed Jesus. Now, when they followed Jesus, although difficult, they could see the vision that Jesus gave for them. Jesus gave them a vision for their life. See, Jesus, although he calls all of us, we all respond in different ways in following him. And these guys were busy people. They were fishing. They were in the middle of their work. But if Jesus uses a group of busy people to reach every people group, then why couldn't he with us? Because I think we're busy people too. We are busy people. And even coming out of the holidays, it's like, oh, I survived, but now we're sick. I'm just coming off of some type of, I don't know what it was, some type of sinus thing. But we go through that season, and then we're now on this side of the year, 2018, have we gotten any less busier? We, we're still busy. Even retired people are busy. We think, oh, I'm going to retire. I can sit on on beach all day. <laughs> we do that sometimes when, we just, when we're working. But when you retire, we think, oh, it's, I can just relax. And No, you have grandchildren. Sometimes you'll watch your grandchildren. Or sometimes you don't know what to do. So you go back work. So it's every season we find ourselves becoming busy. Sometimes we just, that's just who we are. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, this is who we are. And so we become people who, yes, we want to follow Jesus. But at the same time, these guys, they just, they dropped everything for a cause. Now, Jesus may not ask you to drop everything, but what he does is he gives us an opportunity to follow him. And it's our choice if we're going to do that or not. Jesus still calls people to follow him. He, he invites every people group. doesn't matter if you're tall or small, thick or thin, smart or smarter. <laughs> doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are. If you're a, a sinner or saint, lady or man, Jesus says, follow me. He just says, follow me. But it's important to follow Jesus. You might be thinking, why? Why is it important? Why can't I just follow what I feel or why don't I just follow everyone else or follow where the world is going or what everyone else is doing? Well, here's the promise from God, because I I, I think every single one of us are able to receive the benefits of following Jesus as we apply some proven principles, because it's more than just following Jesus, and then nothing happens in our life. There's something that Jesus sees in us that without him, we fall short of. So here's the first thing that we can learn, is to follow the truth, not what I feel. Because there is, we all have feelings, we have feelings, But if we follow our feelings, our feelings are tricky. But the truth is not. Sometimes we hear people say, you gotta follow your heart. Follow what you feel is right. Well, I feel that you make more money than me, so I like your money. I feel that is right. Or or you may feel like, oh, I, I feel like I deserve your car, so I'm taking your car. I may feel that, but it doesn't make it right. See, our feelings, if we follow our feelings all the time, we find ourselves in trouble. Some of us, I was talking to a friend earlier, and he said, boy, I had to change my diet plan. I had to change my eating habits. And coming out of Christmas, that doesn't help because everyone gives you candies and snacks and cookies and things like that. So my friend was saying, I can't eat those things, but I feel like I want to, like I'm tempted. I want to eat it. Yeah, you may feel like you want to, but the doctor says you shouldn't. So what do we do? We hide it from our family members. Yeah, we all get our stash. We hide our candies, our cookies, and all of that. We all hide it. And we sneak it. We make it real, you know, put them in Ziploc bags so you of hear it rustling. You just open them real. Yeah, we, we all do that. But we, we know if we follow our feelings all the time, that's when we get into trouble. Now, there are certain times, yes, you will follow your feelings in the kind of way that it's not threatening to our relationship with God. It's more on the side of, you know, I, I feel like cooking you dinner, honey. I feel like cleaning up. Honey, I feel like mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, painting the house before I go golf. I feel like that. That's that's fine if we have those kinds of feelings, but if we're making life-changing decisions based on feeling, we're only going to find ourselves back to where we were, asking our feelings what to do. See, Jesus brings truth to us, and he says it like this in John eight thirty two. He says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, it's not truth alone that makes us free. It's knowing the truth. That we got to know the truth because more often than not, we need to do what we know to do, not what we feel to do. How often in our marriages, for Heidi and I, in my marriage, there, there are many times I don't feel like asking for forgiveness. I don't feel like, you know, cleaning the house. I don't feel like doing certain things. But I know it's good to do. I know that in our marriage there are certain things that I don't feel like doing, but I'm going to do it because I know that the Word of God says, when you, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, that he gave himself up for it, that's how I'm supposed to love my wife. And then it says other things for the wives. I'll, I'll get that to you later. But just for now, we just talk about the husbands. That's fine. It helps us to understand, wait a minute, God, you have, a, you have promises attached to your truth. But I cannot just go by my feeling. The, the, that phrase, shall make, or when he says the truth shall make you free, that phrase, shall make, means to make free, to set at liberty from the dominion of sin. In other words, it's the truth that we know of that when we apply, sin is not ruling over us now. Now we, now we have the power to be made free. Free from what? Free from the pull and the dominion of sin. Now, sometimes we think of sin as, oh, so that means I'm not going to do bad things anymore. No, that word sin is actually an archer's term that when they would shoot the arrow to the target, if they missed the target, that was sin. If any of you are archers, that's sin. You missed the mark. And so with God, he has a certain purpose for us, a mark for us, that when we miss that, that's sin. And so when we miss that mark, it's almost like God is saying, okay, we got to get you back on track because I have a vision for your life. There is potential in you, and that is the best life to live. And when we miss it, he says, that's okay, let's get back on track. He continuously pulls us back, but the only way back is if there is truth because his truth never changes. Psalm 119 verse 160 tells us that the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. So his truth never changes. When I get into an argument, I got to follow the truth, not what I feel. I don't follow my anger. I don't follow my jealousy or revenge. But the truth, that's what God says. It's if you follow my truth, I'm going to lead you. Sometimes people will say certain names to you or, or call you things. They might even say, you're such an idiot. Such an idiot. And you might believe that oh, I'm such an idiot. That's not the truth. That may be their personal opinion, but that's not what God says you are. You may have done something idiotic, but it doesn't, that's not your identity. This is not their identity when they drew this. That's not their identity. You're a child of the Most High. That's your identity. Mistakes and all, failures and all. That's your identity. It doesn't change whenever we do something that is a sin. It doesn't change that you're a child of God. It doesn't change that. Just like your children, when they misbehave, it doesn't mean that they're no longer your children. Sometimes you're like, hey, you're not my kid. You may say that, but they're still your child. And so it is with God. No matter where we go in life, we are always his children. That's why when Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17, 17, he said, Sanctify them by your truth. And what is truth? Your word is truth. So whatever God says about you, that trumps every other thing that anyone has ever said to you, even the phrases you give yourself. God says, that's that's not me speaking to you. If you're putting yourself down and only negativity is coming your way, that's not my word. Here's my word. And he gives us his word. He says, Jesus says, sanctify them. In other words, set them apart by your truth. Because there are going to be times where you're going to have to do what you know, not what you feel. Your feelings, however, will catch up later. If we do what we know, even if we don't feel like it, like, honey, I'm sorry, forgive me. You may not feel like it, but your feelings catch up later. It's like exercise. I mean, there are some people, they love to exercise. I don't like exercise, but I love what it does. It allows me to eat ice cream. (sighs) Does it allow me to eat ice cream? So I'm okay with it. Because there's a a bigger picture ahead. It's not just this right here. There's so much more that God says, this is who I'm making you to be. So you may not feel like it right now, but boy, the benefits afterwards. So he says, just when you follow me, follow truth, not what you feel. And then the second thing is this, that we're going to see a lot clearer when we follow Jesus. We do. We see a lot clearer when we follow Jesus. He provides the path. He shows us the way. He gives us a clear picture And sometimes, even though we're trying to obey and trying to follow him along the way and we stumble and we make mistakes or it doesn't look like the picture that it's supposed to be, we're kind of in the general area. At least we're kind of there. We're not way off base, but we're pretty close. And he says, I, as a perfect God, can work with your imperfections. I can work with your imperfections because whenever you stand before the Father, he sees me, not you, because I died for your sins. So even with your imperfections, because of me, I stand before the Father in your place. He sees me, perfection, because I died for your your imperfections. And so when we go to him, we can see a lot clearer. Uh, You know, we were talking about the movies earlier, and when we went to the movies last week, I thought I brought in my shades. And when we got up to leave, I was looking for it, and I'm thinking, I wonder if it fell down on the floor. So if you know me, that is a, that's like I'm going to ask someone else to go look for it. But this is what we don't do. We do not, if we drop something in the movie theater, go on our hands and knees and start sweeping the floor with our hands. It's like, where's that? Oh, that's popcorn. Oh, what's that? Munchy Crunch. Oh, what's that? Oh, a sticky, Sticky ice cream. Oh, soda. No one does that. Except probably kids. But we don't do that. What do we do when it's in the dark and we're in the movie theater? What do, we, what do we use? Yeah, we grab our cell phone, we turn on the light, and then we go looking for it. That's what we do. We, we get the light and we go looking for it. Now why do we do that? Yeah, we cannot see. We turn on the light so that we can see. But wouldn't it be foolish if, if we did that with our life? that we cannot see where we're going in life, so we kind of get on our hands and knees and we kind of scurry through life. And we go, we, we, we try this way and that way, we try our own way, we try to do other things other than God. And then we're only on the floors finding ourselves becoming more and more dirty and sticky. If you ever find yourself on your knees in the world like that, that's a good posture to be on, just look to God. It is often said, that a Christian can see a whole lot further on their knees than a philosopher can on their tiptoes. It's our, it's our humble heart to God. It's saying, Lord, you, you know everything from beginning to end. I cannot see right now. And you can see a lot better than I can. And so I, I want to follow you. Now, why do we follow Jesus? Here's what he says in John eight twelve. Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said this. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Isn't that what we all want? We want a good life. We want a life of happiness and joy, a life that we can spend with our family members, that that we love being around people, that we just, we want a good life. It's like Jesus is saying, hey, I, I understand. That's why I died for you so that you could have a wonderful life but you need a light to see in this darkened world lest you stay sticky so he's going to show us the way because he knows the perfect way he knows every obstacle that we're going to face and how we can get over it around it under it or through it the last thing to remember and this one is a tough one it's to not worry don't worry about others uh, this is a tough one, and I know for, uh, I think even for myself, I, I understand this because it's so easy to see what other people are doing and then start basing life off of that. They, they, you remember that song? Um, something like that. It was close enough. Yeah. What was the title? Yeah, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Made Millions don't worry, be happy. Whatever it is, this is a fast CD skip if you know what a CD is. They should add something to that phrase. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry about others. You saw the remix? No, (laughs) not good. They should throw that in there because that's what happens. We can say don't worry, be happy, but we worry about other people. We watch other people. We we get offended by other people. We, we, We have a hard time with other people. We hold unforgiveness with other people because they may have said something to us. People gossip because of other people. Leave church because of other people. We worry about the other person that they have more than us, less than us. We're thankful that we're not like those guys. We worry about other people, and it's like Jesus is saying, in the midst of all of that, where am I? You're so concerned about everyone else, you're distracted by the best life that I have for you because of other people, what they say to you, the negative things they say. Sometimes we worry about what mom thinks, what dad thinks. And it's tough because we worry about other people. And it's like Jesus is saying, I am the author of your life. When you follow me, you're going to see a whole lot clearer. But you're going to have to stay focused on me and not worry about other people and what they're doing. In John 10, 27 Jesus says that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and let's read this together. Ready, go. And they follow me. They don't follow others. They don't follow their anger or misunderstandings or offenses or what other people did. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, once we start worrying about others, we start carrying burdens that we weren't designed to carry. And it weighs us down. Reminds me of the two monks that were in the monastery and when they came out, it was pouring rain and they had to go to this other place. And dividing this place from the other place was a dirt road and they saw this woman trying to cross, but because it was flooded, she couldn't find her way. Finally, the elder monk ran up to her, picked her up and took her across the street, put her down, and then they both went on their way. The younger monk, two weeks later, comes up to the elder one and he says, hey, you know, I got to ask you a question. He says, yeah. He says, you know, two weeks ago, remember when we you helped that woman across the street? He says, yeah, I remember that. He says, yeah, I thought as monks we weren't supposed to uh, touch women. And he says, yeah. He says, then can you explain yourself? And the elder monk said, you know, I put her down two weeks ago. But you've been carrying her ever since. And I'm wondering if there are certain things that we've been carrying that we shouldn't be carrying. It's been put down long ago. Jesus took care of that on the cross long ago, but yet we're still carrying it. Jesus says, don't, don't worry about others. Don't worry about what, others, what someone else did or said. This is your life. This is 2018. Don't bring in anything from 2017 that weighed you down. This is a brand new year, and he wants to do a new thing And when he does a new thing, you're going to be thankful that you released all of those burdens. It was one of his disciples by the name of Peter that denied Jesus. Peter denied Christ three times. And then Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, and it was Peter who, when they were fishing, saw Jesus on the shore, jumped out of the boat, swam to shore, sat down with Jesus, and that's when Jesus restored Peter. That's when he asked Peter three times, do you love me? But at the end of that conversation, when Jesus restores Peter, Peter asks Jesus a, a very important question. And he says, hey, um, you know, Jesus, what about, what about John? John? Yeah, yeah, John, you know, the, the one you love? It's like Jesus smiled, and this is his reply in John 21, 22. Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, Peter, follow me. In other words, he was saying, hey, Peter, you don't have enough time to focus on somebody else. There's a plan that I have for you. And Peter, if you could understand the plan that I have for you, it's an unbelievable plan. And that's what God speaks to us too. Because we know what happened to Peter's life. Peter became that one person that God used to blow up the early church, to, to expand the early, the early church, and that people were finding their way home to God. And so God says the same thing to you and I. I have a wonderful life ahead for you, a wonderful plan, but you're focused on someone else and everyone else that you're missing the whole point to following me, So I have a great purpose for you. And in 2018, he wants to see that purpose realized because he wants the very best for you and I. When Jesus calls us to follow him, it's an individual invitation because we're surrounded by other people. We're surrounded by distractions. We're surrounded by other people's failures as well as their successes, and we're also going to deal with our own failures and successes. So it's an individual, personal relationship with him so that when people make mistakes, when things go bad around us, we don't take it personal from them, and your relationship with Jesus stays solid. That's why he said, "Come, follow me," because he knows the way, and he is the truth, and he is the life. Amen. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. And we're going to pray for this new year and see what God does. Watch what He does. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray, Heavenly Father? We're so thankful. That not only do you call us to follow you, but you provide the way. You've given us a light to follow. You are the light of the world. And although we live in a world of darkness, we can find our way because we follow you. And so at the beginning of this new year, Lord, let this be our, kind of our commitment to you. Our heart's cry is to follow you. Oh, we'll stumble along the way. We may draw outside of the lines and we may make some mistakes here and there, but we'll still follow you you love us so much that you're not concerned about where we are today and what the picture looks like. You're more concerned about where we're heading. Well, today, Lord, that's our commitment. We want to follow you. I'm sure there are some of you this morning that you're saying at the beginning of this year, I want to start off right. I I want to give my heart to Christ, but I don't know how to. I've never said yes to him. I've kind of been checking things out and been searching and trying to make my own decisions, but there's just this tug on my heart and I don't I can't explain it. Well, that tug on your heart is the spirit of God calling you to himself. And that's all he asks for is your heart. He doesn't want perfection. He doesn't want you to get your act together first. He just wants your heart. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, I want to give Jesus my heart for the first time, would you just lift your hand real briefly, and we'll pray together. And you're saying, I want to give him my heart. Okay, God sees you right there. Yeah, right here. God sees you too. Okay, God sees you. Yeah, hold him up right here. God sees you right there. Okay, you too. Back there, right here. God sees you, absolutely. And you back there, back there. Yeah, right there. God sees you. Yeah, it's your prayer. God sees you too. you can put your hands down as we pray this prayer together especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus this is your prayer of what we call salvation it's an eternal decision because God created a perfect place for you and I called heaven and that's where we're going to spend the rest of eternity it's a great place for those of us who already know Jesus it's such a reminder for us that as we pray this prayer not just the foundation of our faith relies on Jesus but that the strength of our life is as we follow Him, He's going to be that strength. So as I pray these words, you just add your heart, and here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to give me eternal life. And so I thank you. I will follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said together, Amen. Can we welcome these who said yes to Jesus this morning? It's the best decision you'll ever make.